Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. I'm Anna, and along with my indie partner, Rosie, we run Independent Oxford, which is a community that supports and champions indie businesses in Oxfordshire. In this series, I'll be guiding you through some of Oxfordshire's best indie journeys, and I hope you'll join me for the ride. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Independent Oxford podcast. Today, I am joined by Chris of Hall Personal Training. Hello, Chris. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Yeah, feeling good, feeling energised. Good. Glad to hear. So for people who are new, can you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, uh, I started to become a personal trainer about 13 years ago. Uh, Prior to that, I actually did graphic design at uni and realized I actually hated kind of the sedentary life of just sat there working away on a computer. Um, So kind of to, to offset that, I ended up just going down to the kind of university gym and throwing a few weights around. I read a book and I thought I knew it all because the book was all revolved around science, but it was a book kind of from the 80s. So it was really outdated. Uh, dating a girl at the time, her boyfriend used to come... Uh, sorry, her her boyfriend, that would have been a little bit weird, wouldn't it? Her <laughs> brother uh, ended up staying with us kind of a couple of weekends. He saw kind of my shape changing at the time. I was like, look, I really want to get into this. Where do I start? So whenever he used to stay with us, we used to nip down the uni gym and I used to help him out. And I got great satisfaction of delivering the knowledge that I had onto somebody else. And kind of, it was that kind of that end bit of university where you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with my life? And my parents were like, look, you, you obviously have a passion and you're obviously good at teaching things. And you like helping people. Why don't you venture down personal training? Because at that time they also had a trainer. And I was like, that's not a good, you know, that's not a bad shout. So yeah, so um, finished university at Middlesex, moved to Oxford, uh, and I ended up just getting uh, kind of a, a job, uh, a receptionist in what is now kind of Pure Gym, but it was LA Fitness. And so I just started talking to members, and kind of as I started talking to trainers there, I just saw the thrill and excitement that they were getting from their job. Um, and I started to read up and more and more about things. Then I moved into kind of the sales side of selling memberships. And then that funded my kind of journey to then become a trainer. So long and the short of it, I then went through kind of AKPT school. And then, yeah, I started just a sole trader, helping out, uh, gaining knowledge. And then I realized like I had a load of clients coming on board that wanted my help. I was like, this is fantastic. Obviously, I'm building a bit of a name. But the problem was there were only certain many hours in a day. So what essentially happened, I then brought on kind of a young, wet behind the ears female called Becky, who's still with us and she's awesome. Um, But I trained her up. She started to take over some of my clients and kind of it slowly grew. And from there, then you build a website so you attract more kind of audience and clients. And slowly but surely, we started bringing on more and more trainers under the brand of what then was Hall Training Systems. So then we kind of grew out into different gyms around Oxfordshire. So we had different trainers dotted around in different gyms. So it was kind of an, like, an umbrella uh, yeah. company. The problem with that is that when you have trainers in different gyms and those clients are or under kind of whole training systems, for example, it's very difficult to keep consistency. And from a very early age, I always wanted to kind of run my own studio because I knew if we did it, we can kind of control the parameters of what's going on and the information coming out. So essentially, as the trainers grew, I think we got up to 10 in total, which is pretty big, but it was a, it was a headache. The admin side of things was massive. Uh, me and my now wife, we were kind of helping running, running the business at the time, and it was just too much. We were getting very little back, and we saw trainers leave because people wanted to you know, jump out of PT and move on. So essentially, kind of we looked at it and said, right, we really want to open this studio. How do we go about it? And we kind of took our two most kind of highly driven 
and kind of thinking on the same page trainers that have been with us for a while and we we're like yeah i want to make this a go so essentially me and my now wife and then two others becky being one of them uh we just collaborated and was like you know what let's make this a thing so essentially we ended up looking for space and lo and behold here we are today 13 years on now open hall hall personal training um which is our kind of little bespoke studio up in kiddington uh, we've dropped kind of whole one-on-one -on -one personal training model. So originally we used to just do one-on-one, -on -one. but what we found is instead of being trainers, we ended up being counselors and people used to come in, you know, just kick their shoes off. They used to sit down for 10 minutes and go, Oh, I've had a dreadful week, my boss, my partner and all this. And it was nice to hear, but I mean, the long and the short of it is people's paying you for the hour. And then you're only really probably doing 50% actual work. So you didn't really get kind of the results and ethically you felt a bit guilty for it. And people used to like dip out towards the end where things got tough. I was like, you know what, Chris, don't worry. I'm gonna like, we'll do it next week. Yeah, yeah, I'm just a bit tired today. So kind of we moved away from more of the one-on-one -on -one and now we do semi-private or small groups, which at first we were a little bit hazy about it, but I mean, we, we've seen it soar. And we'll have a lot of people come to us going, I want one-on-one -on -one training. And we put them through our kind of 30-day trial that, that dips people's toes in what two two-on-one sessions are like and four-on-one sessions at the end of it people are like oh my goodness I've never realized how much fun it is training with other people I, I absolutely love it and now you get people working harder staying for longer and wanting to train more because they like seeing familiar faces so we've kind of created this community I guess there's that element of you know not competition but kind of accountability as well with that small group that you're part of that people are going right well they're doing really well and they're doing it. I'm not going to stop because they're not stopping. So um, I guess, yeah, there's yeah an element of accountability. Exactly. And there's that. And I think you're exactly right on that. I mean, we, we, we break our sessions up into kind of warm up and ab work, uh, mainly strength then based. And then we look at kind of cardio work. And sometimes our cardio overruns beyond the session, but we say to people, hey, guys, you stick. You've got a couple of more sets to do. Uh, we're going to move into the next session and we supervise them from afar. And because they're training with other people, some people might be going, oh, you know what? I'm just going to stop now. But there might be three or four other people going, no, come on, Hannah, let, let's do it again. Let's do it. Just, just two more. Come on with us. And it lifts them. And, you know, they ride that wave together. It's fantastic to see because you didn't get that in one-on-one. -on -one. No, I imagine you don't. So it actually sounds like quite an organic journey you've been on. It's not like you've gone, I'm going to set up a personal training studio and you've gone, that's my goal. And then you've just done that. You, it's kind of grown on, you know, depending on what the business needs are and what your needs are personally, I imagine, and what your other personal trainers needs are, which is great. And it's nice to hear actually of a business growing organically rather than just, I don't know, having one focus and not veering off it at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back at university when I first got into the gym uh, and I watched dod a lot of dodgeball because that's what university students did, um, I really was excited to open up like my own global globo gym and I was going to call it Uber Fitness and it was going to be ginormous and it was going to be really cool and swanky. And then I realized actually this, this isn't going to help people. I realized commercial gyms, they only help self-motivated people and then kind of things ticker off because motivation is like a wave. It never stays with us for long. Um, and then I realized the cost side of it all and that sort of thing was like, how are we going to help as many people as possible? I don't think a big commercial gym is the way forward. I think a more personal approach for those people that are a bit too timid uh, to step into a, you know, a big name gym. They want a little bit more contact time and motivation uh, and accountability, as you said. It is quite nerve wracking walking into a gym for the first time and going, I don't know what to do. <laughs> how do I use that? And how do I use that? And actually, yeah, I guess having people like yourselves and personal trainers to to help you with that is is really important to make sure you are doing it right because i have no idea sometimes if i'm doing it right it's yeah 
Yeah, yeah. We hear that a lot from people in choir. I think one of the most frequently asked questions is like, do I need to be fit? And do I need to be skinny or muscular? Because I'm really overweight and I'm a little bit embarrassed on my shape. And we're like, no, honestly, if you step into our side of our studio, we've got run-of-the-mill average Joes. Uh, yes, you know, I'm not going to lie. We do have some super fit people, but the majority of people you'd go in and go, you know what, I feel comfortable here because everybody's like me. Uh, and that's it's really nice and reassuring. But we're not we're not like an athletic style-esque kind of training studio. That's good. Sounds nice and relaxed and very welcoming. Really relaxed. Because actually that decision to move away from one-on-one personal training, I think you, you said it, I think when you said it just now, you made it sound so easy. But actually, I imagine that must have been quite a tough and quite a scary decision because that's very much going against the kind of trend of what people are after. Um, apart from, I think, can I think of one other place in Oxfordshire that does it? Um, but yeah, making that decision must have been quite challenging, really. Yes. So we, so it, it was a tough one. And we kind of we looked at it and we said, like, the main barrier why people aren't really getting results is kind of budget uh, and, and frequency. In terms of when you're doing one-on-one and you're charging, I don't know, fifty pounds an hour, some people can only afford once a week, once every other week, and all the will in the world, you give them extra work to do outside of their sessions, and they never really did it because a maybe the, they were too intimidated to coming in to a commercial gym, or they didn't really know what they were doing, or they just didn't have that motivation to do it. So essentially, we were like, right, how can we address that problem and solve it? And we thought, if we now split that cost amongst two people or split it down even further amongst four people, now people that couldn't afford PT can now actually get on that ladder. And those people that could afford PT now can train more frequently. And we find that kind of consistency is is ultimately the main driver behind success, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't keep it up and don't form those new habits, I imagine it is quite tricky to... Yeah, keep it going. Th- that, that's it. That, that's exactly right. There's no magic program. You can give you know any program to anybody and they will make results on it you know, for the first several weeks. But then if they drop off and they don't come consistently, then they're not going to see the results. Just keep it up consistently and you'll see, you'll see eventually your body shape will change and you'll get fitter and healthier. Sounds good. As simple as that. <laughs> yeah, simple, <laughs> simple as that, if only. <laughs> so apart from, by sounds a bit dodgeball, uh, what... What has influenced and inspired you along your journey, or who actually? Um, that's a that is a great question. Um, I think, and it's probably going to sound really corny, but my father is, is a big one. Uh, him and my mother set up a couple of convenience stores when we used to live up north. Uh, they were grafting all hours, and they grew that from one to three. But then kind of times were hard, uh, the recession hit, and essentially kind of the business was almost going to fold. So they ended up getting out quick. Uh, then we moved moved down here where dad got more into kind of the convenience side of things. Uh, and then he ended up working for a company called Best Way in London, which is kind of a cashier carry. And you might see kind of the shop front is called Best One. Um, there's a few Best Ones around. So he basically set up what's known as like the symbol group for Best Way, which is Best One. So he did really, really well. And, you know, he had a bit of a rough time setting up his own shops. But when he moved down here, he made a a big success of setting up Best One, which is now pretty big across the UK. And then he was then then retired, being kind of awarded like the influential figure in kind of uh, independent retail. So it was it was amazing to see and to see that and see his journey grow. It kind of like pushed me uh, to do something similar, essentially. Okay, that's that's lovely. It's it's nice to have a... uh a parent as one of those figures that you know you see as they develop as well it's interesting how you view a parent actually isn't it as you grow up you know you see them when you you know what your view of them is when you're you know when you're 10 or when you're 20 when you're 30 
changes and it's yeah quite yeah, nice to see yeah and to see them go through great they've got the success of three shops uh to then stressing out and waking up all hours because the alarm used to go off because it was a dodgy area just outside hull to be fair and if you know hull you know back then it was a bit dodgy um and so yeah they used to wake, wake up multiple times a night because the alarms used to go off i remember a guy coming with a sort of shotgun and, and shooting yeah it, it was dodgy stuff so they ended up going you know what like we did with having different trainers around the gym although not as life-threatening at all uh they were like why are we doing this this isn't the life we want so let's cash out now uh and and try and relook at this and, and have a more kind of balance between work and, and life balance that sounds what we we're all after that, aren't we? Actually, we are. yeah, <laughs> we are. And I think lockdown has kind of helped with that. Oh, you, oh, okay. How how so? So actually, I'll tell you what. What is a typical day like for you? And actually, how has lockdown impacted that? Okay, so so yes, yeah, so essentially, um, my day we work kind of shift patterns. Uh, so we might do seven a.m. in the morning till twelve, where we see clients. Then we might do a three till eight thirty, or we might do an all day. They're the fun ones. Um, and if we're not at the gym, essentially, kind of my role uh, in the business is looking after members, uh, doing the back end operations of it, uh, and also kind of doing the graphics of it. Hence, my graphic design degree finally came in handy. I was going to say, do you actually use any of that at all? I do. No, you I do. do. Okay. I do slightly. <laughs> Although I really begrudge doing it because I, I hate sitting there like working for hours on the computer, but it, it saves a couple of quid yep. uh, and I'm proud of when the work goes out, to be honest. Uh, but when we're not seeing members, I'm not doing any back end stuff. Yeah, essentially, I, I obviously do, do some training from time to time again. Uh, I love reading. Uh, so my morning routine is I always wake up at the same time of day, which is about 10 to 6, uh, 10 to 6 make a coffee, I sit down and I just read for half an hour. And I love reading. I might, might try and get through two books uh, every month if I wow. can. So one book a week. Yeah. And that was a habit, though, that I created over lockdown uh, because I had the time, right? Uh, we did online training through kind of Zoom and whatnot, but it wasn't like chocker. Uh, so I had plenty of time to, to work on that. Uh, plenty of time to work on kind of our little little house uh, with my wife and spend time with my wife as well because we've been kind of business partners for about six years and it's really hard to separate kind of being husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend rather than being kind of business associates. So lockdowns have really helped kind of like separate the two. So that's been really helpful. And also to realize there's, there's slightly more than work. I don't need to freak out if kind of I don't get back to an email within five minutes. I can just let it slide a bit and, and relax. Because so used to be really bad at that. Okay, we're just stressing about the amount of yeah. work and getting. Yeah, yeah. I think lockdown has obviously it's had its massive negatives, but I think it has uh, caused people to assess their kind of working habits and how they respond to work and how that mentally affects them as well. So it sounds like reading a book every morning has set you up nicely for the rest of the day, right? Oh yeah. It, oh, it's it's great. It's great. So I wake up, I make a coffee. We've got a little French bulldog. So I let that little fella out. We've got a cat, so we feed him. Uh, and yeah, I, I just kind of sit there. I, I, I do, I monitor something called HRV, which is basically taking kind of your stress tolerance for the day. So that takes two and a half minutes. You've got to sit there perfectly still. So I sit there perfectly still while reading. And I thought, you know, I can kill two birds with one stone here. And I've always wanted to read more and more to build up my knowledge, but I've never really had the time because I've always prioritized work this email that bit of work when it can really it doesn't need to be done there and then it can be done kind of at a later time so yeah lockdown was great at me being able to wake up have a coffee do my hrv while reading for 30 minutes or so uh so that was a great habit and now i try and continue that up yeah any favorite books 
Mine are all going to be, mine are all non-fiction. Okay. So at the moment I'm reading Spoonfed by Tim Spector, which is about kind of dietary myths, which I would probably rate it a 6 out of 10, not great. Uh, however, the previous book that I read um, was The Breathing Cure by Patrick McEwen. 500 pages all about the way that the breath influences kind of our health, blood pressure, diabetes, anxiety, and all that. And that, that's phenomenal. Wow. Um, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, my next book I've got lined up is Why We Eat Too Much, which is all about genetics and and how we've come to about, like why we kind of gorge on our food and why we have no kind of stop button. So that sounds quite interesting. Yeah. So work-related, but not work-related. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fairly work-related, but I enjoy it. Yeah. Really enjoy it. Well, I guess you wouldn't do what you do. That's you true. Enjoy it, that so that is true. Go. Yeah. So you obviously said that you grew up in Hull. So you grew coming from up north and made your way down to Oxford with your parents. You've ever moved out of Oxford and ever thought about it? But I guess what I'm asking is why Oxford for your business? Um, so, so yeah, when kind of my parents moved down, I naturally moved down with them. I went to university, Middlesex, uh, then came back, li lived at home, loved living at home. I'm not ashamed to say that. Uh, if it was up to me, I'd love to be back there. Life, life was easy. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Maybe because <laughs> it's that nostalgic sense of the, the smells and the bed linen, the towels. Like we can't. For some reason, me, my wife and I, we cannot get our towels as soft as my parents do. Whenever okay. we put towels, they always come out really crusty, like sandpaper. So there's all that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so I moved back home, ended up working at LA Fitness and built it up from there. Uh, but I think I realized living in Oxford compared to where we used to live, there's just much more orientation on people's health. So you've got Oxford University because of the rowing club, um, the greatest university or the greatest university in rowing, should I say. Maybe not this year, but hopefully next year. Um, then you've got everybody that cycles. You've got the lovely parks. Uh, people tend to walk to work more. Uh, than they did where we used to live. So I think there's definitely more of a health health conscious population in Oxford um, than where I used to live. And I just think generally, because you have a lot of academics here, they're very set on kind of working up here, their mind, and they're so focused on building that, that they also appreciate that mind and body kind of go hand in hand. And healthy body, healthy mind, healthy mind, healthy body. So for us, it's great. And the type of clients we see, because a lot of them are very stressed in terms of their jobs, exercise although it is a little is a stressor a little bit of stress actually can cause you some good and so they just feel better for doing it uh so what oxford shows is great the scenery is lovely um albeit we're not in oxford per se we're slightly outside of oxford but yeah we attract many people from oxford but also kind of from the banbury way as well yeah. uh so yeah i think oxford is really really good and, and we absolutely love it Okay, so no moving out of Oxfordshire anytime soon. No moving soon. out of Good. Oxfordshire, no. <laughs> so that's the best thing about being in Oxfordshire. What about the best thing about running an independent business? Oh, goodness. Ooh, apart tough question. From, apart from the stress and the anxiety and all, all, all that and the long hours. <laughs> We're talking about the best thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I suppose for us it's kind of we know that if, if we want to create something, we're not kind of governed by people higher than us. Um, you know, if you want to implement something, we can implement it straight away. We have completely control. Uh, so we always ask our members. So they do a trial uh, to see how we are. So as you were saying, that kind of transition between one-on-one -on -one and a small group is quite scary. So we, everyone that joins up does a 30-day trial to see whether they like it and to understand how it all works. And then when they become a member, we send them kind of a, a survey after about two, three months just to see 
what you know they rate us and any feedback the good the bad and the ugly and we go look don't hold back and you know we've received some really good pointers which i think had we not been running our own business and you were just kind of hearing those from your clients at the time they're out of your control to implement you can feed them to higher management but i just never think they'll get done so when you run your own business you can kind of implement it and our business has grown and got a lot better through kind of our members essentially and the feedback they give okay that's great yeah, we <laughs> couldn't ask for more, yeah. really, could you? I guess as well, you don't have to uh, approve the graphic design head no, office as well. No, 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 don't have to approve <laughs> the graphic design, no. That's great. Okay, so is there one thing that you wish you'd known when you'd started to build a business for yourself? Um, I don't think known. I think where I am now, if I could go back 10 years ago, I would probably have started this a lot sooner and okay. kind of... Uh, um, avoided that gap between where we were in the umbrella umbrella academy where we had different trainers in different gyms because I think that was a headache although it, we learned a lot I think the biggest thing for me is I'm really bad at giving control to other people I'm such a perfectionist I used to suffer from OCD as a child and I think it comes back to that where I like everything to be perfect and it's really hard from when I used to just run the company myself when it was just me to then have I've got Becky who's awesome kind of, she's head of like uh, events so she puts on all our events for our community uh, she does all the bookings does the diary then you've got George that does all the programming um, and the education side then you've got Georgie who we call um, like Queen of Gringotts so she handles all the accounts and she does all the social media and so I've got a lot better at kind of filtering out and giving workouts and not having everything to do, even though I feel like if I did it, I know it would be 100% perfect. So it's putting trust in other people. So that was a really big one because that's kind of just made me feel a lot more relaxed. And also I used to get at kind of um, paralysis by analysis. So essentially I used to overthink things and I used to never get anything done because I just used to kind of mull things over too much and essentially, yeah, it's that classic case of, my goodness, where do I start? I've got this blank canvas. Like, I've got too much going on. Like, I just need to just jump in. And as soon as you jump in with something, other things will organically come. So I think, yeah, learning things, I would definitely kind of look at it and go, don't be afraid to start. Just jump in and the things will naturally just grow from there. Don't overthink it. And, you know, be good and give out tasks to people because, you know, if you trust your team, which I really do, um, we're kind of like one leg of each table and there's four of us that run it. You know, we all bring different skills and strengths to the business. I could never run this on my own. Um, it's like if I was to remove this leg from this table, the whole business would collapse. So if you imagine Becky, George, George and myself as a leg, we, we hold it up. Um, and so it's me letting go and not being so anal about things, I suppose. <laughs> I like that analogy of the table. I've not ever heard that before. I'm definitely going to use that again, actually. <laughs> I like that. Oh, good. Yeah, it's good. I, I've, I'm very similar to you, actually, in the sense of I really struggle to delegate. And like you, with that whole kind of there's so much to do, I'm just going to overthink it. And actually, sometimes you, like said, just jump in and other things will fall into place, which is amazing. My dad is an excellent delegator and I've always envied him massively. I don't know how he does it. He's just like, yeah, you, you, you do that, you do that, you do that. And I'm like, how do you just... Give that away. He's obviously a very trusting person. but Yeah, it, it is hard though, isn't it? It's yeah, it's hard. really but hard. But as soon as you do give something away and you realise actually they're far more capable than I thought. And normally that happens anyway, right? And you're like, why was I being so silly? Why was I putting extra stress and pressure on myself to try and get everything done when I could just delegate this out? 
Yeah. And it probably gets better done than someone else doing it than me doing it, to be honest. Especially if you've got all other things on your plate as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Okay. So um, you've talked about how, actually, no, how has lockdown actually affected your business? That's something we haven't talked about, actually. Uh, Yes. So I think when lockdown one hit, we freaked out. (laughs) Uh, Like most people, yeah. Because I remember, I think, whenever it was, whatever day it was, it was five o'clock, it got announced on the news, and we were going into a session, and essentially we're like, oh my God. And you knew that emails would, would come through, you're busy on the gym floor, and it's like, what do we do? We've just been told we have got to close tonight. Like, it just came out of the blue. So we freaked out a lot. Uh, we kind of pulled it together. We went online, which which was great. Uh, so that kept things going. Uh, then we opened up after lockdown one, and we saw a surge. We saw a surge in people joining us, which was fantastic. Uh, but that didn't last long, because then lockdown two came, but that was only a month. So kind of we gave people the option of doing a lot. No, actually, what we did was we suspended everybody and said, look, it's only a month. We'll roll all your sessions forward and you can use them over kind of three, four months, which was a good idea. But then lockdown three happened and we're like, oh, dear. Yeah, lots of um, words you shouldn't say yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, blast. We've got all these people with so many sessions on their account, which we hoped they were going to use. And now lockdown three hits, but there wasn't an end date. And lockdown three was a really stressful one. We gave people the option to suspend, again, do online where we kind of loaned up. People could just pick up kit from ours and we did it all over Google Meets, uh, only four people in, in a session at one time. And, and that was good. And people, bless them, like a lot of our members did it and they were reluctant to do it because they were so bored of working out with the same sort of kit exercises in their living room or home. But, you know, they did it and that's why we put on extra things. We did kind of on-demand workshops that we never did before. We brought in kind of uh, big names in the industry to help, you know, keep keep people going. We did pub quizzes. So just to keep stimulation up because some of our members probably weren't seeing anybody. So for them, if they were training online, although albeit they're not in person, they were seeing different people and different faces. So it was kind of for the mental health, it was it was good as well as their physical health. But I mean, overall, um, I think we looked at it not so long ago and albeit we did kind of um, dish the government grants and, you know, we kind of badmouth them. But when we actually take it into effect, into account, I think when you t- take the grants in, I think we're down by about 5%. Uh, over the year, which is not bad at all. Um, we lost about 25 members in total. But since opening up, we've seen now a surge again in, in people inquiring. I was going to say, I, I'm sure you, you lost some along the way, but I imagine that now people have gone, well, I think like many of us probably uh, ate a bit too much over lockdown <laughs> and have kind yeah. of gone, oh, I probably should sort this out now. Yeah, I, I think there's that. And I think certainly COVID's uh, been terrible, but I think the one thing it does, it's made people realise and process their health in a different way. Um, and we know that if you're obese, kind of you're more vulnerable and at high risk of COVID. So I think people have now turned around and go, you know what? I wasn't immune. I thought I was immune because I kept grazing and eating. And it didn't matter what, you know, what weight I piled on. All right, I've got high blood pressure, but it doesn't matter because I can t- take a pill for that. I've got diabetes. It doesn't matter because I can take a pill for that. And no one really was taking responsibility for their health because they could just nip down the GP and get a couple of bottles of pills. Job sorted. But now COVID's come along and really there isn't a pill to sort that out. I think people turn around and go, holy blast. Um, I need to actually do something about it and start taking responsibility back for myself. And that's what we've seen. So in that regard, uh, COVID has been kind of an eye opener to people. Um, And hopefully the fitness industry and the health industry is now kind of ripe and prime and hopefully it's going to soar. Yeah, 
Well, hopefully. It does seem like it. It seems like it's going on that kind of stretch. So that's great. That's great for you. So that's how lockdown affected the business. But how about you personally? Obviously, you developed the reading habit, which is great. But is there anything that you want to do now that lockdown is lifting? Um... Goodness, I'm, I'm a bit of a recluse anyway, to, to, to be honest. Um, my wife always says, should we go to this place this week? And I'm like, oh no, should we just stay in? Um, so it was quite nice. But I, I must admit, it got really dull. Kind of, it was Groundhog Day, day in, day out. As soon as lockdown lifted, we went to our local pub and that was so refreshing. It was so nice to see other people's faces and people smiling and laughing and having a joke. And that was really good. Um, Georgie and I, so my wife, we like going to Stratford-upon-Avon a lot, so it's nice to get out there for a walk. We take our dog. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be really nice to actually, I, sh I should probably mention this, is we got married. So we got married for the third attempt uh, in December last year, and we just thought, you know what, we'll do 15 people, that's it. And it was fantastic. But of course, we had a lot of friends and family that couldn't attend. So now uh, what we're really looking forward is kind of 3rd of July. Uh, we've got 70 odd people that couldn't officially attend our wedding. Uh, we're just going to have like a wedding celebration at Chowell Boathouse. In fact, uh, we're going to have basically an informal barbecue, a couple of punts, drinks and a bit of a bit of a boogie. So that's what we're really looking forward to. That sounds great. Yeah, that sounds good, yeah, fun, doesn't it? Just a big old, well, booze up, basically. That's it, that's yeah. it. And followed by... <laughs> Chocolate brownie with Chantilly cream. I mean, that I can't, I can't beat that. Homemade chocolate brownies by Oxford Chill House. Brilliant. What more could you ask for? Oh, I cannot wait yeah. there. Well, I tell you what, then, that actually leads on to your favourite indies in Oxfordshire. So I'm imagining that probably Chill House is quite high up on the list. Yeah. Anywhere else that you're a big fan of? Um, you've got the Jam Factory, haven't you? So when I used to work uh, in the centre of town, uh, we used to train the guy, uh, Andrew Norton, that used to run the Jam Factory. So that was great. Yeah. So when he was setting that up, we used to go there quite a lot of the time. So Jam Factory is a nice one. I think he's just got round the corner here, hasn't he? He's got the Oxford Factory there. Yeah, he does. Which I might pop in after this to grab a coffee and a brownie. Uh, as you what can tell, you brownies. brownies? I, I love I love <laughs> brownies. Just because I'm a personal trainer doesn't mean I have to abstain all like unhealthy food. Um, yeah, we really like uh, Oxford Boathouse. Uh, we've got Tap Social and Listlocks Brewery, although I don't think Listlocks Brewery are part of the independent Oxford. But we use Tap Social and Listlocks Brewery for some of our kind of events, such as beer and barbells, where kind of every couple of months we put on this event where members can bring their friends and family along. And we throw a few weights around in some strength training. And then at the end, we just crack open a few beers. Uh, so Tap Social and Lit Lock Brewery, kind of, we buy them in from there. So that's supporting local business. They're really good. Um, and I think that kind of they're, they're our main ones. And obviously, you've got Missing Bean because we love our coffee. Uh, I personally really like Barefoot Bakery, albeit they're not on independent. That's fine. I was going to say, is it for their brownies I know, by any chance? I know. It's for, their, <laughs> it's for everything. It's for their brownies, their cakes. They did our wedding cake. Uh, yeah, I can't rate them highly enough. They are fab cakes. They are really good, aren't they? They're really good. Yeah. Their donuts are also pretty good that I had at the weekend. Oh, so I've not tried any of those yet. So I do need to give them a go, actually. You've got to get in fast because they sell out. Uh, so I went down early on Saturday morning to their one in North North Parade. Yes. So I grabbed a few. Okay, just a few. Four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, yeah, I know. Cool. So um, I think that kind of wraps everything up. Um, it's been really lovely chatting to you today and yeah. thank you for joining us. And it's welcome, been Anna. great to learn more about Hall Personal Training.
Thank you. Slashing. Um, where can people find out more about you and how to get involved? Yes. So they can go onto our website, so personaltraineroxford.com. Uh, we obviously uh, are on all the major social media channels. So if you just go on Facebook, Hall Personal Trainer or Training and uh, Hall Training uh, on, on Instagram, you'll find orders there. Or by all means, we have a great coffee machine up at our studio, really relaxed reception lounge. So swing by if you're up in Killington area. Uh, we're down Langford Locks, uh, down that way, uh, where Kingley and Parcel Forces. So by all means, if you're swinging by there, come in for a coffee and you can have a chat and show you around. Sounds great. I think we will do. Smashing. Thanks, Anna. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Independent Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe to help more people hear our indie stories. Bye for now.